Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast, right here on Arsblog.com. Well, uh, this is going to be a fun one, eh? Yeah. What a week we've had. One I think we'd all rather forget, but one that we're going to have to relive between now and the end of the show, because that's why we're here, let's face it, 30 or 40 minutes talking absolute bollocks about Arsenal. And this week, Arsenal have been, let's face it, absolute bollocks. Much as we don't want to go over it again, we're going to have to. With me to discuss all the bits and pieces will be John Cross from the Daily Mirror. Also on the show, Den Nielsen. And we'll be giving you a chance to win a Savile Rogue scarf, as well as giving you the winner of last week's Savile Rogue scarf competition. So stick around uh, until closer to the end of the show for that. If you want to keep your neck warm and given the uh, way the weather is going, you're going to want to do that. Unless, of course, you're one of those lucky people who lives on the equator or... Australia, where it's hot, or, you know, Florida, or um, Kerry. But the rest of you could be in for the scarf. That's coming between now and the end of the show. So, uh, between the last cast and this cast, well, there was the small matter of the North London Derby, which was uh, disappointing, uh, not very good, or um, let me think of other ways I could describe it, a little bit painful, or a big load of septic old horse cunt. That would be closer to the truth, wouldn't it? 2-0 up at half time, and you're thinking, well, this is all going swimmingly. I'm quite liking this, really. Tottenham are down and, well, not quite out, but we could put them out if we keep playing like this. Nasri's goal was fantastic. Shamak's goal was also very good, and there was just that nagging suspicion, wasn't there, when Shamak was clean through just before half time and decided to come back and have a little chat with Kabul and say, I'm going to go round you now. You know, I didn't want to make it too easy, so I'm going to come back and, and go round you again and then score the goal. Oh, well, you took the ball. And that's not very fair. You said this in Moroccan or French or something. And you just had that suspicion that that might cost us. Because at 3-0, for me, the game is over. Even us being capable of what we're capable of I think it would have been over. And then, you know, five minutes into the second half, a goal by Gareth Bale. Uh, Richard Keyes is wiping his jism off the box that Sky are broadcasting from. And you're going, well, this is, nah, it can't be. And then the penalty was a silly handball. And it was a penalty. And Van der Vaart scored the penalty. And then, you know, we did step it up a little bit. Let's face it. 
And he went forward and the Cesc had a shot and he had that curler that was saved and Walcott had a shot as well. And then Koscielny had this brilliant chance at the back post. And all he had to do was let the ball hit him in the face. Just hit him in the face. It would have gone down off his nose, rolled down his face, bounced off his chin and just gone blip, 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 blip into the net. And it would have been a goal. And it would have been 3-2. And I think we probably would have gone on and won it from there. But no, he decided to try and power a header. Someone needs to tell him what end of the pitch he's at. It wasn't quite as bad a miss as the one against Chelsea where he managed to head it over the bar from behind the line almost. But Jesus Christ, he should score from there. And that was a that was a really bad miss. And then their goal and then their fans were singing at the end and everyone's a bit bewildered and puzzled as to how that could have happened. And then you have stuff coming out on the official website afterwards and this kind of annoys me a little bit, you know, where Arsene Wenger comes out and, and says, we still have a winning mentality, you know, even though we've thrown a two-goal lead away at home against Spurs, of all people, we've still got that winning mentality. Uh, we'll have a big response in the Champions League, don't you worry. Yes, we're focused, we'll go out there and we'll do a great job. And then, oh, we've lost 2-0. We're playing a team we beat 6-0. A few weeks back, a team that is 10th in the Portuguese league, a team that really isn't very good at all. And we lost 2-0. Now, granted, we were down to 10 men at the time. But again, this comes down to the, the mentality of the team. And why are we going to try and win the game, sending all our uh, center halves up for a free kick, when all we need to do is close it out, especially when we've only got 10 men. A little bit more organization, a little bit more sense. Instead... Uh, Danielson is asked to play the, the role that Abue would play, and defensively we know uh, Danielson is not that kind of a player in the sense that defending is not... He doesn't understand the concept of it or how it works or, or how to do it. So when he was trying to play offside on the halfway line, the guy ran through and scored the goal, and then he got knocked over for the second, and the other three defenders looked at him and said... Yeah, well, which way? That way? No, that way? No, if you go that way, you could probably score. Yeah, go that way. Look. Oh, yeah, left-footed player. Just go. Good goal. So 2-0. And then you have the Arsenal players talking about how they're sorry. And I saw Jack Wilshere, and I mentioned it on the blog about how Jack Wilshere said he was sorry. And I kind of understand that. And you appreciate the sentiment because you know he's genuine. But, you know, you want to see the, the reaction on the pitch rather than on Twitter and Danielson saying he's so, so sorry, and all this sort of stuff. And when I was reading that, there was only one thing I could think of. And it's it's been in my head all week. Arsenal players saying sorry, and this has been going around my head all week, on top of everything else. Have a listen. That's what this week has done to me. Danielson as the lead singer of Chicago. I'm not feeling the glory of love for these boys. So no more apologies. Not least because we don't want apologies, because it'd be much better if you didn't have anything to apologize for. But, you know, more talking on the pitch. So more scoring goals, less letting goals in. 
And, um, well, that's about it, isn't it? More scoring, less letting. Put those two things together and you've got a, a fairly nice little package. So, from here on in, Arsenal players, that's what you need to do. Uh, more on the game coming up this weekend and some bits and pieces of strange transfer news uh, coming up between now and the end of the show. Uh, but for the rest of the week's news, here's Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30-second roundup. Spores are home. We're going to kill them. Nasri, get in there. Shamit, get in there, you splute-haired demon. Two and a half time. Bet you're twitching. Oh, bail. Oh, what the fuck was that, Sask? Penalty? Oh, no. Caselli's going to score, going to win it. Oh, you fucking dopey cunt. Bet you eat your own spunk. Kaboom. No. No, 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 no. We are cunts. Like the rest of us, Internet Joe has not had a particularly good week, and it was compounded by the fact that he accidentally donated to Wikipedia. So uh, we'll hear more from him on next week's Arscast. Still to come, Dan Nielsen. We've also got a chance to win a Savile Rogue scarf. The winner of last week's Savile Rogue scarf. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to the Aston Villa game and talking about that strange transfer. You know the one I mean. Uh, that's all to come between now and the end of the show. That's after, though, we look at what happened this week in a little more depth. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the Arscast from the Daily Mirror, John Cross. Hi, John. Hello, Andrew. Hi. Um, Spurs, we've got to start there, unfortunately, and uh, for 45 minutes everything was going as well as could be for Arsenal. They played very well, first half went in 2-0, should have been further ahead. Um, the second half, I'm not sure we need to dissect it, we all know what happened, but to what do you attribute such a collapse? It's still hard to comprehend exactly what went wrong. I mean, I think when you rewind to sort of 1.30pm on Saturday afternoon, to think that things could have turned out this badly, it's just inconceivable, really. I think Harry Redknapp uh, must take some credit. Um, he did a, a reshuffle of his team, uh, which suddenly um, put Arsenal on the, on the back foot. And Jermaine Defoe really contributed that much. It was just the change of shape, um, which sort of slightly disarmed Arsenal. But the, the biggest factor of all, really, was when Gareth Bale scored. For me, I was I was shocked and surprised to see quite the sort of the level of fear in the Arsenal players' faces. You could see that suddenly they thought, "Oh no, the Spurs are right back in it now. What, where do we go from here? What do we do?" Um, which for me was really alarming. Um, I think you know that's kind of when you want players to step, step up to the plate, um, take a bit of responsibility and dig in and, and try and regain the initiative from the game. And I'm sorry to say, they really didn't do that. And that was the biggest disappointment for absolutely out of everything for me. The, I mean, that fear that you talk about, it, it's apparent and I think everybody saw it. Is it telling that the players themselves, they don't have any trust in the team as a defensive unit to be able to close out games, even at 2-1, Arsenal were in a good position, even at 2-2, you know, given what had happened, you'd take a point. So um, how does does the manager go about fixing that? Because if the team know uh, what the fans know, and we were all fearing the same thing, of course, when when Spurs scored, um, if the team have that fear, I mean, how does the manager fix that? I, I think it's a deep-seated problem now. Um, I've actually written a column on it this week about Arsenal's soft centre, about their central defensive problems, about their goalkeeping problems. And I've never had such a, um, a strong response. Um, uh, Twitter replies, emails, uh, and so on. Um, people agree. Um, I'd like to know how <laughs> it makes a change, actually, for people who almost unanimously agree with me. It really does make a change. But, don't get um, used to it, no. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I don't mind opinions, let me say that. Um, but um, 
really, I, I think the problem began in the summer. Um, that, I mean, look, William Gallas was a divisive influence, I think, and he divided opinion over his qualities. But one thing he could say was when he was on his game, he was a really top defender. He lost him, he lost Philip Senderos, he lost Michael Sylvester. Now, I realise that the latter two are, um, are not, you know, up to the quality you'd expect in the Arsenal first team. But then Arsenal really, what was then required was, you know, good signings to come in to replace those. I think we brought in Koscielny, who I think has looked really short for me. I'm not a fan at all. Um, I think he is a squad player at the best. Um, and suddenly he's been promoted to first choice, I would argue, alongside Thomas Vermaelen. I think Scalacci, again, is a squad player. Um, neither of them are particularly big, neither are particularly commanding, neither are particularly vocal. And I think it leaves Arsenal, especially without Thomas Vermaelen, with a really soft centre. I think Fabianski is really improved, but he's still not what I would call an Arsenal-quality first-choice goalkeeper. In Arsenal have got fantastic world-class midfielders and strikers, and I think they deserve world-class centre-halves and also a world-class goalkeeper. I think the one exception to the rule at the club who really fits that, that sort of standard and um, requirement is Thomas Vermaelen. The others, frankly, fall short for me. I think Arsenal were ambitious in the summer, but again, they didn't want to go the extra yard to, to sign the likes of Phil Jagielka. They went for Pepe Reina, couldn't get him. And in the end, they didn't even get Mark Schwarzer. I'm a bit disappointed in that, really, from Arsene Wenger's point of view, because I tell you what, with a stronger backbone, with a stronger back line, I really think they would be runaway tunnel to win this season. I really do. I think it's a wasted opportunity. Uh, fair point, I think, about the defence. I'm not sure um, but Jagielka is the, the, the type of centre-half that I would agree that, that would make that much difference. But Thomas Vermaelen, um, do you know what the situation is with his injury because it seems to have gone fairly quiet we don't have any clue when he's going to be back is there any expectation that he's going to return soon? Well I think the biggest mystery um, for Thomas Vermaelen really is surrounding him is that frankly he could be back um, next week or he could be back in you know sort of next month really um, simply because the, the problem that he's got is a bit of a mystery he's had a long standing Achilles problem He's had several scans on it which give it the all clear. And yet, when he goes to train, as he's done on several occasions, um, for no good or apparent reason, he breaks down complaining of searing pain. So it's, it's a bit of a mystery. Um, Arsene Wenger was a bit more upbeat this week that he wouldn't need surgery, which is, which is really good news because Achilles surgery is obviously a lengthy layoff. Um, and, and, you know, let's, let's kind of hope for the best on that one. I would think, you know, I, I, would, I would hope now he's over the other side of the hill and perhaps, you know, on the road to recovery. But the sooner the better for him. Um, I think he's an absolute kingpin to the Arsenal defence. I'd, I'd probably agree with you, actually, on, on um, Jagielka. I think the, the ideal partner um, for, uh, for Marlon, who I think is a top top, top quality defender, would be a really big commanding centre-half. You know, the big guy, the smaller guy, the more mobile guy. Mm. I think that sort of partnership would work. And that's why I think, you know, they had an interest in Permet Setter in the summer. And if they got him, can you imagine, you know, the Arsenal team with a backbone, the Pepe Reina in goal, Permet Setter at the back with Thomas Vermaelen. Mm. I mean, you know, you, you wouldn't, I'm sorry, but you wouldn't have lost against Tottenham. You wouldn't have lost against Newcastle. You wouldn't have lost against West Brom. So anyway, after the uh, the Spurs defeat, we're, we're looking at a response from the team, and Arsene Wenger was talking on the uh, the official website 
about how the team still had a winning mentality and Danielson is talking about how he wants to make a major contribution and Nicholas Bentner has a chance in the first team having uh, shot his mouth off a little prematurely about how he should be in the team and, and you're looking for a response yet still it's, it's not there um, the, the performance against Bragg are not particularly good and uh, just something I want to run by is that the quote from Arsene Wenger that emerged during the week where he said he really wants this team to be successful because they deserve it does that provide them with the right mentality um, going into, into games, into title seasons, thinking that they actually deserve something rather than being told that you've got to go out and earn it? Yeah, I was I was bemused by that quote myself. Actually, I think Arsene Wenger, um, when we saw him before we flew um, to uh, to Braga this week, uh, I think he was still suffering a little bit, um, and it wasn't one of his uh, better press conferences. And I don't think he was particularly uh, great in what he said. Um, and I think for that end, I think you're spot on. I think it's you know sometimes I do think he you know he sees things in players that we just can't. Um, I do think that they've got a collection of wonderful players there, but they've also sort of got some weak links. And I do think there's that element of, you know, some of the players do think they deserve it. And I think some of the players have got to work so much harder. I mean, Nicholas Bentner has defied belief for me with this past um, fortnight. You know, he, he, he really is just not yet a top player. Uh, he should be waiting at Arsenal a good couple more years, in my view, working for his place. You know, he, him saying that I should be in the first team 100% fit. You've got to be joking, you know. I mean, on the basis of of, of what? You know, he was so disappointing um, in Braga. That was his opportunity to really seize the, the opportunity and show what he could do. I think he worked hard, but um, there was an element in the first half um, when, when I think really Walcott kept on breaking down the right-hand side, putting in crosses. And there was one particular moment where I think he'd put it across. A really top striker would have anticipated that, been on the end of it and, and, and buried the ball in the back of the net. But they- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It was always six yards short, and on that occasion, you know, the chance went begging, and it just said everything really. He's still not really, you know, reaching where he should be. And I just think to shout off his mouth in such an arrogant, conceited manner is just undermining team spirit. No wonder Arsene Wenger didn't like him. Um, 
and didn't like what he said and, and effectively sort of you know, punished him and, and, and dropped him for a couple of games. That's mm. the sort of attitude that I would like to see put throughout the whole of the squad. I think getting into the sort of the spirit of the players and sort of saying to them, you've got no divine right to, to win anything. You know, you, you just can't turn up and win trophies. You know, I mean, what, what do they expect? It defies belief, really. You've got some wonderful players there. You've got the best manager in the history of the club. But I think at the moment, I think you're right. I think the spirit needs to be shaking up. What about the decision to leave uh, Van Persie and Arshavin in London for the, for the Braga game? Considering it was a game we needed a, uh, a result in, um, why is Arshavin being rested when he rarely plays 90 minutes and Van Persie having come back from injury uh, who needs match fitness more than, than anything else surely why did he leave those at home? Well I think Robin Van Persie is a, is a difficult one I think he is still well short of um, match fitness and I think this week has all been about um, him being told look you're still short I want you to stay at home I want you to go on a fitness programme um, you know, and I think that there were several exercises done that he, he needed to sort of get that ankle right. The ankle's still not completely right, I don't think. Um, so he needed some intensive treatment on that and then also to work on his sort of match fitness and get some sharpness back. He looks a different animal from the player that sort of came on at Tottenham at the back end of last season when he looked absolutely superhuman and he looked as if he might sort of beat Tottenham at one stage completely on his own. I mean, he was just amazing. And, um, you know, he's a fantastic world-class talent when he's at that sort of level. He's way short of that at the moment. And I think probably... Arsene Wenger, you know, going back to the old Dutch argument, you know, there's nothing that upsets Arsene Wenger more than international call-ups, I think, as we know. And I think for him to go away with Holland, play 45 minutes, and then sort of come back was very disappointing as a substitute against Tottenham. It just means that, you know, I think he's still got a little bit of work to do, Robin. So I can understand that one. With Arshavin, it's a bit more disheartening because I think that Arshavin hasn't looked in peak condition all season. I think you can trace that back to pre-season yeah. when, by all accounts, I think he could have been fitter, he could have been sharper. Um, and I, I think he's, he's always played a game of catch-up. I think that is borne out just how good Arshavin is. Is, you, is that you look at his stats and his stats are still superb in terms of goals and assists. But there's always a feeling with Arshavin, uh, I'm a huge fan of his, I think he's a brilliant talent, that he could give you a little bit more. And I think, you know, that is the frustration with him. And I think for him to be tired at this stage of the season, yes, I know he's played for Russia, is just not acceptable. Mm. And I think maybe, you know, if he's to have a longer-term future at the club, I think he should really dedicate himself a little bit more and put a little bit more into his fitness. All right, let's look ahead very quickly to, to the weekend. Villa Park is never a particularly easy place to go. Uh, there's a reunion uh, with Robert Perez, of course. Um, can Arsenal react? Arsene Wenger talks a lot about how the, the team has got great spirit and he said it after the Spurs game that, you know, they're focused and they'll go to Braga to get a result and, and we saw what happened. Um, this tendency that the team has to, to sort of wallow in misery, it, its inability to lift themselves quickly out of uh, difficult situations. Can you see them doing it this weekend? Well, they certainly need a reaction, don't they? I really thought we were going to get a big reaction in Braga, and I don't think you know we got that. I think that certain individuals really tried hard. I like Jack Wilshere's attitude. I think you could see that he was hurting, and he tried hard, even if he was below his, his very best level mm. of performance. Um, I was impressed with that. I, I like that, respected him for that. Um, but I do think 
you know, not enough players perhaps showed the same spirit. Maybe it's a lack of confidence. You've got to, you know, I suppose find the belief and the confidence to, to really put on your best performance as well. Aston Villa have got major, major injury problems. Arsenal have got to take advantage. I think we've got to address this, you know, mini slump. Um, which some people are calling a crisis. You know, I think we've got to keep it in perspective. Arsenal will still qualify, in my view, for the Champions League last 16, and they're still within touching distance of the top of the Premier League. But I do think, I think if they want to really put in a really strong reaction, they need to go and win at Villa Park. I do think that's within their grasp. I really do, and I think it will come down to, um, you know, good, strong team spirit. Um, and a good level of performance and I think the sooner the better that you know comes one of the most interviews interesting interviews this week was Johan Dujuru who I think was desperately unlucky to be dropped against Tottenham um, but sort of you know showed some good spirit and he was talking about the players definitely have the quality here which I know some people will probably argue after a disappointing week but I do agree with him um, but have they got the spirit and he wanted to see some of that spirit and I think that was a good searing honest interview from him and I think, you know, it's up to the players to show that. And I do think they, they will respond. And I do think they'll win at Villa Park. I really do. All right, John, we better leave it there. Thank you very much, as always, for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed to John Cross. You'll find him in the mirror and, of course, on Twitter, where he's more than happy to engage anyone in, what would you say, robust debate, should they feel the need to engage him. Uh, check him out. It's twitter.com forward slash John Cross Mirror. That's twitter.com forward slash John Cross Mirror. Now, before we move on, here's Dan Nielsen. Oh, hello, everyone. It's me again, Dan. Dan Nielsen, the Arsenal midfielder. Well, last weekend, I have to tell you, was particularly difficult. We had that game against Spurs, of course. We came in at half-time. Job done, lads. That's it. Done and dusted. 2-0. Let's have a cup of tea and a slice of Battenberg. We've got 45 minutes to kill before we can go out on the lash tonight. Well, football's a funny old game, isn't it? Who thought that could have happened? Not many of the lads felt like going out, but... I needed to drown my sorrows. So I went out and had a few drinks in a club I know, ran into this lovely Welsh boy, Gareth his name was, brought him back to my flat. We had a few after-hours drinks. I was telling stories we were getting on famously. He said, you know, I really don't know how to take you. You're a strange bloke. I said, don't you worry how you take me. It's all about how I take you. And you mustn't worry too much about that anyway. You'll be unconscious. <laughs> oh, that old charmer. Anyway, moving on. Aaron Ramsey has gone on loan to Nottingham Forest, and I don't think I'm alone in finding this quite strange. Not just because he only made his comeback the other day in 45 minutes against Wolves, but because he himself said, look, I need to take my time and ease back in and do another 45, then maybe 60 minutes, then 90 minutes. Because we've seen what happens, you know, to players when they get these kind of injuries is that they they tend to pick up muscle strains and uh, the damage that's been done and the uh, the muscle damage when the leg is broken and it takes time to build it all up again. So I thought they'd be really cautious with him. Um, I thought they would be really, really careful in making sure that he was 100% fit and didn't rush anything and wasn't putting himself in any kind of risk. Now, I'm not saying the championship is a dangerous place for him to be, but it's a physical league, as is the Premier League. We know that. Aaron Ramsey knows that as much as anybody. But maybe it's just a little bit too soon or a little bit too quick 
um, in the sense that he only has made his comeback uh, against Wolves, and I'm sure that was a fairly tame outing, and probably there was a bit of an agreement on both sides. You know, let's not go too crazy with the tackling here today, boys. Pitch him straight into championship action, and I suppose he's running the risk of of injury. I mean, if his leg is better, it's better. But, you know, we have to be a little bit sensible about this because we've seen what happens to players after these injuries. Diaby and Eduardo, the the, uh, the knock-on injuries they got for months. I mean, they're still going on in Diaby's case. Um, so I, I just find it a bit strange. I understand the need for playing time and all that kind of stuff. But Arsene Wenger said just 10 days ago, he's not going on loan. The best thing for him to do is to stay here and get fit and to play with us. I mean, if he's ready to play for Nottingham Forest, why isn't he ready to play for us? What has changed between now and 10 days ago? If it was the best thing 10 days ago for him to stay at Arsenal, why isn't it the best thing now? So I find it a bit odd. And I hope um, I hope everything goes well for him, of course. But I just just have a little bit of fear about this one. I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. A lot of people will say, well, look, it's good for him to go and he'll get playing time. I'm just, I'm nervous. That's all. Maybe it's just me, the natural worry wart in me. But uh, what can I do? We just wish him luck and uh, please come back in one piece because uh, we might need him as the season goes on. Not least because Cesc Fabregas' hamstrings remain a problem and who knows what's going to happen there. The manager says two weeks out now uh, with the latest hamstring strain. Who knows? We've got to get this sorted once and for all. I really, really think so. If we have to wait another couple of weeks for him to get it properly, properly fixed so he feels better, so he trusts his body, uh, he can get the sharpness and fitness that he needs to be at that level that we all know he can play at, that he's not been at that level for the first time really in his Arsenal career and, and has copped such an amount of flack, I think is a bit off, I have to say. I think that's a bit out of order. Uh, you can say what you want about his head being elsewhere, but he's done... Uh, six seasons, seven seasons for us playing at a hugely consistent level and doing a great deal. And the first time his form drops, people are a bit, I think it's a bit much. Anyway, we've got to get that Cesc Fabregas back. That's what I reckon. And uh, if it means waiting another couple of weeks to make sure his hamstrings are fully fixed, well, so be it. Uh, looking ahead to the weekend as well, Emmanuel Abue out for four weeks uh, with a medial knee ligament strain. Um, picked up in the game against Braga. Apart from that, I don't think there are any other injuries. Uh, we'll have to see what he does with the central defenders. I want to see Juru play in the league this weekend. I don't want to see Koscielny. I'd like to see Juru and Skilacci. I think they're the best partnership we have at the moment. Still no word on Vermaelen. We spoke to John Cross about that a bit earlier, and we've just got to keep fingers crossed that he comes back sooner rather than later. You're reading things during the week about it maybe being next year, and you th- oh, sake because he is a player i think uh, that we need the villa game what can you say we're going in on the back of two very painful defeats and we need to respond we needed to respond in midweek and we couldn't do it so there's that little bit of worry uh you know that we could uh that we could fall into the same trap again and wallow in our misery a bit more but the fact is we can go top of the league albeit temporarily if we beat villa on saturday Uh, Which is remarkable when you think about it. Everyone's so miserable, yet we could go top of the league. So maybe we just need to step back a little bit. You can talk about it being uh, the fault of others and other teams, you know, not being as good as they were or other teams making mistakes. But the reality is, the bottom line is that we could go top of the league if we beat Aston Villa. And playing Aston Villa, of course, we, we, we see our old friend Robert Perez. All of my heart. 
And it'll be very strange to see him in different colours, shuffling his way around the pitch, looking ever so dreamy. But it'll be nice to see him all the same, provided he doesn't score against us. But we played against Villarreal that time, and he didn't score against us then, so I, I think he knows what's what. But as much as I've got my eye on the Arsenal team and their performance, I will, of course, be looking at oh, Robert Perez. All of my heart... So, fingers crossed, we get a good result and a good performance on Saturday. I I shudder to think, if not, the internet would just implode on itself in rage and anger and grrr. And the Arsenal players, not wanting to be responsible for the destruction of the internet itself. I mean, that would be, you know, not winning a trophy is one thing, but Danielson broke the internet. No, it's Carlos Vela broke it. They all broke the internet. They, with that motivation, because you've got to get your motivation from somewhere, right? With that motivation, I think they'll give us a performance and, and we'll get the three points on Saturday. Well, I'm hoping so, anyway. So, uh, Savile Rogue Scarf time. And last week, I asked you a question about Robbie Keane. And the question was something like, Robbie Keane is something, Robbie Keane is some other thing, or he's a big, desperate, Dan-headed-looking cunt with the face of a cunt who looks like a cunt and is a cunt. And, of course, uh, the answer was that he's a big, desperate, Dan-looking cunt with the face of a cunt who looks like a cunt and is a cunt. And the winner is, according to the random generator, it's uh, Peter Horilla, or Horia. I'm not quite sure. Apologies, Peter uh, for the mispronunciation. One of them is certainly mispronunciated. Uh, so, uh, yeah, apologies. But I'll be in touch with you. And you can forgive me because I'm going to give you a scarf. Well, I'm not Savile Rogar. And they've also given me another scarf to give away this week. And if you'd like to win it, all you have to do is answer the following question. And this is the point in the podcast when I should have thought of a question. <clears throat> right then. Okay. Got one. Name me a former Arsenal player that has played for Aston Villa. Very simple. Uh, former Arsenal player that has played for Aston Villa. All you've got to do is email competition at arsblog.com. That's competition at arsblog.com. Uh, send it to me, and on next week's Arscast, I will announce the winner of that fabulous scarf. So that's about that. And that's about that for this week's podcast. Uh, rather enough has been said. Let's uh, Hopefully we can put this week behind us and move on with a good win tomorrow. Um, and the internet doesn't break, and, and all other good things happen, and we go top of the table, and all the other teams lose or go on fire, you know, and, and we win the league by default. The two sweetest words in the English language. You know it. All right, then, here's to the win. Uh, talk to you all weekend on the blog, all next week on the blog, and, of course, on next week's Arscast. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, I am the penis of William Gallas. Perhaps you thought you had seen the last of me, but no. 
I have returned to the place where you treat me with such scorn and disrespect, and I say to myself, I will teach them a lesson. I look at your defense, the four French, and they are to me like a vagina, and I insert myself into the vagina and take myself out of it, then insert myself into it again and take myself out of it. And then insert myself, take out, insert, you get the picture, until I spray your vagina with my mind custard. Now your defense, it is impregnated with thousands of penises of William Gallars. And not the good kind either, the bad kind. The kind that Nazri won't shake hand with. But you have to ask yourself, why won't he shake my hand? Is it because of the incident on the coach? Or does it go deeper than that? Me, I will never tell. Nasri, you can see it on his face. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 